Welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We're turning dreamers into doers. If you're ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. Welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. You guys, I am very excited to introduce to you Erica Alora, who is an intuitive healer and channel and a transcendence coach who partners with people to experience not only unrecognizable transformation, but true transcendence. Erica, we are definitely going to talk about that. I preach transcendence all the time. And so very excited to dive into that. She was born and raised in Northern Vermont. I don't meet a lot of people who are native. Native Vermontans. What is a Vermont in? Uh, Vermonters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Vermonter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and what's really cool about her, she was a psychic child and started studying metaphysics at age 13. And then she started offering tarot readings professionally at age 15. So she just has years and years of experience and started so young. She has lived throughout the U.S. studying at Ringling School of Art and Design, Vermont College at Norwich University, and Muscular Therapy Institute, and Florida College of Natural Health. So lots of lots of educational background, but a lot of intuitive background too. I'm excited to ask you about that. And then of the many other talents Erica has, she loves to create art, a visual medium that enables her to connect and channel images and symbols that speak to the unconscious mind and soul's inner knowing. Erica is deeply passionate about holding space and shifting through the elements her clients reject, repress, or fear about themselves discreetly and confidently without judgment. She helps people transmute that negative emotion into peace, understanding, and ultimately acceptance. Erica, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, Abigail, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yes, I was reading your bio. I was reading some of your questions you answered leading up to this. And it just got me so excited to hear more about you. So tell us what it's been like to sort of grow up this way. Because I think for those of us who wake up to it, we've always been this way, but we are not always present to it. You started this very, very young. Tell us a little bit more about your journey. It's so interesting. That's a great question. Um, Makes me think of, you know, when you watch TV shows and you're seeing people going through the motions and there's this narration voice talking about everything and, and having insights. And that's for me what it felt like. It was like, there's always a part of my consciousness or this connection to um, my guides or beings who are working with me who were always kind of having this little narration going on in the background. And I had lots and lots of experiences in grade school where I would have a dream about something that was going to happen the next day and would wake up, go to school and see the dream play out. And it was very surreal. There's a lot of surreal energy around it. Also, as a child and all through my teens, a really amplified feeling about this person is trustworthy, this person is not. Even if that had to happen to be a teacher 
or a faculty member or a neighbor. And so there's just always this, you know, um, exaggerated kind of spidey sense, uh, for lack of a better term. So it was a very interesting, probably strange, um, for, for most people's perspectives experience. That thank you for sharing it like exactly the way you did. I have two questions that came out of it. You said that you had this narration and I, I've never heard it described that way. And I really love it. It sounds like it's been so natural for you. So you came to trust that very early on. But for us as a lot of us as adults, how would you help someone distinguish between what their guides are saying and what their inner chatter, their mind chatter and inner critic, maybe traumatic trauma responses, right? So there's intuition and then there's like impulse. So how would you, how do you distinguish that with people? The voice of the intuition is innately positive and loving. It's clear. It just is. The voice of the mind, it vacillates back and forth. It questions itself. Um, it's based in a lot of fear because your mind is very deeply influenced by your subconscious. And scientists will tell you the subconscious is approximately, you know, 97 to 98% of our mind. It's very, very strong. And our subconscious mind is always projecting ahead in time, trying to figure out what's going to go wrong. So a lot of that inner critic or that mental chatter is usually related to fear, judgment, criticism, but usually it's all really trying to keep us safe and in the known, mm -hmm. in the known world, knowing, doing what we've already done, knowing what we've already done, just stay here, don't move out. Whereas your intuitive feelings and your intuitive voice is always going to be very clear very positive. And when we're talking about that in terms of guides, right? Guides will never say, don't go down that alley or you're going to be raped. Mm -hmm. Guides will say, come over here mm -hmm. in this direction. Yeah. It's never going to be a fearful, negative voice. It's never going to be catastrophic thinking. Yeah. It's always related to truth. And typically, in a session with somebody, when I'm moving them from the head chatter into the heart, into the inner knowing, when you drop into your heart space and you connect to your inner knowing, it's very simple, clear, concise. There's no vacillating. There's no anxiety. It's just the pure truth. So you can feel the difference emotionally, but you can also feel the difference in the quality of the messages that are yeah. coming through. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And then, and now for the the strange comment is, what was it like to, you know, know so much to have such a strong intuition at a young age, right? Because I'm leading, I don't want to lead your answer, but that we so often put authority outside of ourselves growing up, right? Our teachers know better, our coaches, our parents, our older siblings or whatever. And so um, for you to have such a strong inner knowing, one, what's it like to maybe buck the system? I don't know for you what that was like, uh, or to just be able to say, have your sense, and then how that was all perceived and sort of some of the feedback you got. So again, very loaded question, but yeah, take it wherever you want. Yeah, there's a level of it where I felt 
I like I didn't belong. Like I was a refugee from maybe another planet. Mm, and felt like, name. what the heck am I doing here? This doesn't seem to resonate with me at all. However, where I was really lucky is I had one parent who was very follow the rules. That's my dad. The other parent, my mother, was very break the rules, um, very rebellious. She had a very rebellious kind of energy. And so that seeing those two perspectives or points of view really helped me to see when it's appropriate or when it was right for me to follow the rules and enjoy structure and in, and really benefit from that and when it wasn't and that it is okay to change or break the rules sometimes um, in order to be true to yourself. So I had those two models and that was very helpful. Um, but I didn't fit into, um, the, the academic model of school. I was a daydreamer. My grades were horrible. I had lots of issues with health in my teens that went undiagnosed, um, adrenal exhaustion and hypothyroid and Hashimoto's and all of these things that we know about today. Mm. You know, back then, um, people didn't really know that much about it. And so there was a lot of experience that I had that kept me quite introverted and inward. And so mm that study in metaphysics and understanding about energy and sort of seeing what's beyond the mundane was also very helpful for me in terms of feeling like this was food for my soul. This was information or this was, you know, books or movies or whatever it was that really, it was like a lifeline for me feeling surrounded by people who really didn't resonate or understand me. It was a really interesting experience, but ultimately it was helpful because it drove me deeper into what I really wanted to do. It, it was a bit of a journey, but um, I'm glad that I made it and I'm still going. <laughs> I guess. So how long have you been doing this for then? So I really started to study. So in the beginning, I, I did a tarot apprenticeship and I did tarot readings, as you mentioned in my bio. I really started studying around age 14 and then really started to do readings professionally at age 15. And I look at 15 year olds now and I think, gosh, that's how old I was when I was doing right. readings. Like, I can't believe I had the guts to do that. But it wasn't really about guts or confidence. It was just this inner knowing. Yeah. And then eventually I gave up doing readings because when you work with somebody over a period of years, you realize that people have a lot of patterns. So mm -hmm. it was like a new um, girlfriend or a new boyfriend, but like it's the same person yes. or you go to a new job, but the same stuff kept happening as happened at the old job. So I kind of gave it up and I tried to be quote unquote normal and I tried to work in corporate environments, but wherever I went, people just asked me my opinion about things or asked me for advice or asked me what I thought or asked me for a reading. So eventually I met a woman who is doing work similar to what I'm doing now. And I had a session with her and I felt so different after the session, I realized 
this is what I want to do. And that was my entry into healing. So, you know, healers use their psychic or intuitive ability to scan the body, to receive information, to help bring about healing. Um, Whereas psychics are just a lot of times using that information to do readings um, or to bring through information that may be helpful to the client. But I like liked healing so much because it creates a shift. There's a transformation, there's a change. And ultimately, that's what I wanted to provide. So that was a very long winded answer. I hope I answered your question. No, it was I mean, it was beautiful. I was just it's like your frequency is harmonic. So I was kind of hypnotized. I was right there with you, though. (laughs) And so yes, to that, because I love what you said about when we look back, this is it was great that you said it that way because you look back at a 15 year old and think, gee, the courage, or I was just doing this, right? And that, you know, clients look back at the ages they were traumatized and think that little child experienced that, you know, to to find the compassion for what we're processing. And I love that you ended up transitioning into the healing because it's like where you go, there you are. It sounds like through your readings, you were able to realize people just carry whatever they're carrying into the next circumstance. And so true. And I feel like we're so blessed that this is becoming a mainstream conversation because more people are becoming more responsible for their patterns and breaking generational patterns and trauma. And so um, that you've stepped into the healing world and you're able to apply those psychic gifts and and all of that and that energetic presence, let's say, right? And that clarity, because I feel very similar in the process as like, in fact, when I started doing this work, I would accidentally do the work for them instead of empower them to do the work, right? Like I would alchemize energy or, you know, get get over over on their side of the court when really it's holding space for for someone else to process what they're processing. And so I find that just so interesting because, yeah, it's easy to want to give advice or to take that like you can see things so clearly and say, boop, 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 this the equals that and don't, you know, but it doesn't cause the lasting shift or or really them to internalize the responsibility they have for their life. And so I just appreciate a lot of the ways that you shared this. And, um, you know, one of the questions I, I like to ask our, our guests is what you've had to give up in order to have the life you, ha- you have and have created. What sort of things have you had to give up or work through to get to the point you are? Well, one thing is being willing to be seen. And there's a real common thing that happens in the world of healing. And it's, you know, in my work, I really relate it to a lot of past life experiences where people who are natural healers, they're natural psychics, there can be a memory or history of being persecuted for that work. And and it can even be that there is a collective memory that someone's tapping into may not even be their actual experiences, but we all have access to collective memory. So when someone has this feeling of, wow, if I step out and do this work, first of all, my family might think I'm absolutely crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, My friends might think, why are you giving people advice like this? You're not qualified, right? Because they know the personal you. Yeah be this feeling that it's not safe. And I had that in spades. I think it took me almost a year and a half to get my first website up, not because I wouldn't push the button, but because that block came out in hiring people who were either 
incompetent dragging their feet would start the project and then leave it to go work with somebody else. I would attract in people who really were like the manifestation of my own blocks, which is typically how that works. Oh yeah. So it was, um, you know, I was used to my work spreading through word of mouth. I really built my practice through word of mouth. And then it got to the point where I thought it'd be really fun and interesting to work with other people, you know, people from other walks of life, other areas. So I really had to challenge myself to be seen and to be out there and be willing to talk about this work. If someone had told me, 10 years ago, you're going to be on, you know, all of these different podcasts, I would have said, Oh, you're crazy. Um, I never do that. But I actually have found that the more I connect with people, the more I speak with people, the more I recognize that when this work resonates with you, it resonates with you. It doesn't matter who you are. I've worked with people who are in the military. I've worked with men in business suits in their offices, you know, on the 25th floor. I've worked with all sorts of different types of people. And what I've realized is that this type of work, it just resonates with someone's being. So giving up you know, not being seen, giving up hiding has been a big deal. And it's something that I still work on, you know, they call it new level, old devil. I'm always kind of challenging myself, charging for the work. Um, That's been a big thing. I started charging a very, very small amount for the work that I do. And I ended up overworking and being burnt out and realized, you know, I might be trying to honor people by keeping my prices at a certain level, but I wasn't honoring myself. And what I realized over the years, especially because I work with so many entrepreneurs is you could be charging nothing and someone will still complain. Yeah. Uh, You can charge, it doesn't really matter what you charge, whatever your price point, there will always be someone who will tell you it's too much. I even have had people tell me um, that it's not enough. And I'm charging, I charge $500 an hour. And I've had people who won't work with me because it's not at their price point comfortability and it's too low for them. And so they question the value of the work even at that price point. So there are so many people in the world, but there are also so many healers. So if you're out there and you feel like you're not really congruent with your pricing, what I've learned is you really can't base your pricing on someone else's prices, right? Because you're gauging your pricing on their money blocks yeah, um, or on wh- what they feel about themselves. So you have to really go with your intuition and your gut and what feels aligned with you. I, I love that you bring that up and share that. I've had my journey. I try to teach about that journey. I work with people on that journey, but that, Ugh, goodness gracious, right? Like it's just, oh, it is a journey. Let's sit, let's start there. And so what was your very like, maybe personal, maybe professional experience of like raising your prices? Because I'm sure you've raised your prices more than once or like, you know, establishing different services. Like what was that journey like for you? Well, I struggled quite a bit in my 20s and my early 30s. And 
I struggled financially. I worked as a massage therapist. I worked as a um, medical esthetician. I've worked in, I've had so many jobs. I feel like I've had four lives just in this one lifetime. Mm. And so I was really used to struggling financially and it was a challenge to work on that. So that was my, the part of the healing that I needed to do. So where I was undervaluing my work, where I was feeling like, okay, if I raise my prices, everyone's going to leave. I think the first few times I raised my prices, I, in the back of my mind, it was like, well, this is it. I'll probably just have to go back to doing massage and no one will ever work with me again because my prices are this high. And what I can tell you is that every time I have raised my prices, my business has exploded to a higher level. Every time I've raised my prices, I've gotten busier. So it's really a trippy experience because on the one hand, coming from that old scarcity or poverty consciousness, um, feeling like, oh, if I raise my prices, this is it. I'm going to have to go back to, you know, spa work or whatever it was. Um, to have the opposite happen was a revelation, but it was a real challenge to my mind. I had to really see the truth of it and realize the narratives that I was running. Very powerful. I really appreciate that because um, I, I resonate with that. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs, especially, you know, I think so much specifically of the healers, the psychics, the mediums, the, you know, there's something so intangible about some of the work being done that to say, to put a value out hours per dollar, right? It's not a linear way to price your work, right? It's exponential. And so to, for someone to look at it and say, especially like you said, everyone at every price point will have feedback about that's too much or that's too little. And so intuitively pricing where you feel you are at this time. Um, I know in my own experience, like different times of raising, I always thought the same thing, like, all right, this is the point where people just stop booking with me because it's officially too much, you know, and, and it's never been true. And, and it becomes true for the folks who appreciated you at, you know, $200 an hour versus 500 an hour, they, they've officially decided they won't, but that it's that, that there's more people who are available looking for the work at that price point. And particularly, I think, um, uh, how do I want to say your age as the gift that you are is different than your age as an entrepreneur, right? Point, right. Yeah. So yeah, like I'm an incredibly gifted coach or healer or whatever I'm doing as an artist even, but that I just started putting myself out there. So it's my first year in business. It's my second year in business. So I can't be charging that much, but I haven't been doing my work for 15 years, right? But I've never priced it or valued it. And so it's like, it's just a, a fascinating, fascinating journey. And it's mostly a, that specific to start with like your relationship with money and then it reveals, okay, this is a mommy wound or a daddy wound or some sort of trauma or whatever. <laughs> what would you say to somebody who is on this specific journey, is a gifted person ready to deliver their gifts and navigating? You know, I love how you brought in scarcity consciousness or poverty consciousness. Like, so someone who's navigating pricing themselves, like, what would you say to them at this moment? So I would say, stop looking at what everybody else is charging. 
what and I would have them feel into what feels the most congruent. What I typically do with my clients, my entrepreneurs, is we actually do muscle testing. Mm-hmm. I have them test and find out what their subconscious mind believes. So often they will have a number in their head. So let's say they think, okay, well, I'm charging 150 an hour now. I really want to move up to 200 and we'll have their sub, we'll have them test if, if they believe it's safe, possible and allowed to make 300 or 400 or 500. And sometimes the subconscious mind feels safer at 300 than the 200 and feels like it's more congruent. The worst thing is when you're incongruent with your pricing. If you're trying to charge way more than what you're comfortable with, you will repel clients. You'll feel anxious. You'll try to give your services away for free. You'll start discounting your services to everyone. That means you're not congruent. If you're incongruent and you're not charging enough, what typically happens is you'll start to attract in clients who are very difficult, very challenging to work with, where you feel like you're earning every single penny. Mm -hmm. Um, And you'll also feel burnt out and resentful about showing up to do the work. And then you start to feel slavish. It's like the Cinderella energy. It's finding somebody that you can work with who can help you to shift and reprogram these beliefs. It's really important, really important. I love that. So it's like getting support around the work too, because mostly we can't, we don't know what we don't know. And we can't see ourselves fully, like what exists in the blind spots or the unconscious portion of what we're navigating. So thank you for sharing that. And you know, I mentioned before the call is like, what does it look like to work with you? And you mentioned sharing with us an experience of what it's like to work with you. Are you willing to sort of take us through such an experience? I would love it. Yeah, we'll do a group clearing for your listeners, your audience. And so we're we're basically what we're tapping into is just the collective energy of your audience. And just looking at anything that needs to be shifted, anything that needs to be changed for anybody listening. So I'm going to start with a little prayer of intention. And I'm going to be working with a pendulum and a series of charts as I channel and bring through this information. So you're going to hear me say everything out loud. So let me do a little prayer. And if you're listening and you're not driving, feel free to just relax your body for a moment. Close your eyes, take a breath. Okay, so I would like to call upon and invoke or bring forth the very highest vibration of source energy to step into this clearing. I'd like to ask that all of the beings who are working with us come forward with ease that any negative or limiting themes, challenges, choices, or programs that need to be cleared, clear easily and effortlessly. And so it is. The first thing I want to know is if I'm working with myself, listeners, high self, or both, nobody. So your audience has a block to receiving healing because they are holding programs of hardship, abuse of themselves, victimization held on the idea or concept of life, and programs of subservience that are keeping them isolated or hidden. So my question is, can we release these programs now? Let's clear, resolve, release them for everyone. Let's put a bubble of love and light around Abigail's audience. 
So myself, groups, myself, or both. Now both, how long will it take to apply the prep to work list to me, my high self, this audience, their high self committees, let's apply it now. So high self committee is just a name for the primary group of beings working with you. Some people might call them your guides. And so I want to look at the lowest level of consciousness on my charts for anyone on my high self committee, everybody working with me and my soul on your behalf, because as the healer, I have to make sure that I'm neutral and clear to do this work. And then I want to look at the consciousness of this group or community, everybody's way up there. And then let's look at your non-physical teams. Now, some of you have too many beings on your non-physical team. And that is not because someone made an accounting error. It's because you have some blocks or limitations in your expression in life. And when you have too many beings on your non-physical team, it's like having too many cooks in the kitchen. And it can feel like you have so many different opportunities or possibilities or ideas coming through, but you can't seem to take action on even one of them. So what we're going to do is clear, remove, replace, elevate, and educate everybody's non-physical team who needs to have a new team brought in. We want everybody to be what we call minimum size for maximum effect. And now let's look at some programs. What needs to be cleared for this group or community? This community has patterns of isolating themselves from others, such as spiritual religious figures or authority figures, particularly in past lives. This creates an energy of persecution of self, avoidance of others, frustration within self, feeling misunderstood, feeling like people don't get you, feeling like you have to hold your dreams or your goals or your um, intentions back from others because you don't want it to be criticized or judged. But the real underlying energy is this fear around persecution. So I want to know if we can clear this without further research. Let's release it now. Let's go to the body processes chart. Let's run some body processes to bring in some healing for everyone's physical body. What else needs to be cleared for this group or community? Let's clear everyone's blocks to freedom, particularly freedom of expression. Let's clear blocks to comfort in your physical body and clear blocks of the positive expression of happiness because some of you believe that you've incarnated here and it's actually a punishment that you're here because you didn't do something perfectly and it's sort of like a cast out of heaven narrative. So there's an idea that you're here to experience suffering and hardship and difficulty. So let's clear it. What does this group or community have held on the idea or concept of life now? Involvement, comfort, life, success, freedom, energies of self-preservation. So let me just ask, if we look at this community, their positive toward being in a physical body is zero. Negative is over 100. So what does this group or community believe they have to experience if they're in a physical body? Avoidance of others, despair, victimization, energies of spiritual suicide, injustice, health abuse, fear and hate of the divine, avoidance of the divine, energies of insanity, and energies of jealousy. So let's release that now.
So in the Akashic records of the soul records, that energy of fear of the divine or hate of the divine actually manifests in our life as fear of good or hate of good. And it can block us from really receiving our highest good. So we want to let all of that go. And what we want to do is download everyone with grounding. Let's bring in some grounding for everyone's body and energy bodies. We're going to download the color yellow to bring in some optimism and some expansion in the midst of releasing all of that persecution programming. We're going to download the color blue for faith and sincerity and speaking your truth, the color indigo for devotion and spiritual wisdom. Is there something else that needs to be cleared or downloaded for this group or community? Yes. Let's bring in comfort. Where does this community have blocks to comfort? They believe that in order to learn and grow, they have to be in a constant state of uncomfortability, of self-sacrifice, of unhappiness, injustice, or even feelings of intolerance towards self, which is very heavy and arduous. So can we release that narrative for this community? Let's release it. And while we're here, let's clear all of your savior, martyr, messiah, and guru programs. You do not have to sacrifice yourself. You don't have to sacrifice your joy. You don't have to sacrifice feeling good in life in order to learn and grow. In fact, the point is that we learn and we grow and evolve so that we can experience more joy and more freedom and more authenticity and happiness in life. So let's download those positive soul qualities. Anything else that this community really needs to know? Yes, let's clear everyone's blocks to believing that they can have more or better in their life. Let's clear blocks to awareness about what you truly do want. Let's clear blocks to faith that you can have it and willingness to change. Anything else I need to clear, bring in for this community? Is there anything more to do? So let's go ahead and apply the mop up list, which is just a whole list of things that are cleared and released so that we can bring this, this shift, this clearing, this healing to a place of completion. Does everyone's soul agree they're cleared of programs? Does everyone's high self agree? Does my high self agree? Has everyone's soul been cleared to the highest levels of the new paradigm? Any programs coming up to be cleared? Is everyone's soul free? I just want to thank everybody working with us, bringing forth light, releasing any darkness, limitation, or fear. And so it is. Yay! Yes, and so it is. Thank you for that. Yeah, my pleasure. Yes. If it's okay, I'd love to share, but I'd love to hear your hear from you too about it. But when you first started, because we have over a hundred countries listening in, so all over the world. So when you first started and we're talking about channeling for the community, there's this graphic on my platform for the podcast where I can see all the statistics and I have this map and it lights up like who's listening where. And that's what I was kind of channeling as or like seeing in my mind's eye as you were starting. And it's so funny because like attracts like, right? Like so much of what you shared, I resonate completely with in ways and got to have gotten to work through. And so it's like the degree of healing is what I was thinking of is some may say, well, I've already worked on that or that's not me, you know, whatever, whatever. And that we have this collective consciousness and we have this collective memory. And so, um, 
And so I can relate as Abigail as a human body who what she's navigated and gone through and healed and worked on. And then the the energy body, the high self, which you said, and 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 then the collective self and seeing knowing some of our listeners personally and and then hoping to know many of our listeners more as as time goes on. So just thank you. Yeah, like thank you for that. And then um if like, cause I don't know one, I want to ask more about how people would then follow up to this. Like they, they so appreciate it and it rang true for them and they want to work with you. But if you were working with someone one-on-one and you did that reading, would you then give feedback to us? Like what those next steps look like, what we can do about all this. And, you know, cause I would, I would guess like I intend to go listen to that again. You know what I mean? So I'm guessing someone's going to listen back and listen to what you cleared or what they could be focusing on. Yeah, when someone does a one-on-one session, what happens is they typically show up, they give me a list of things that they want to change. And I usually preface that with, you know, if I were your Disney fairy godmother and I floated (laughs) into your life with my magic wand, what would you want to change? And so what we're looking at is where you are a match energetically, uh, subconsciously to anything that you would consider unwanted, as well as where are you... Uh, blocked in any way to your goals, to what you want to manifest or bring into your life. And so the clearing work that I do, it's like that same kind of stream of consciousness, the information comes through fast and furious. And I always record the sessions and I go into their soul records and I look at all of these blocks and some of them can come from, and, and it's amazing. It's quite a large percentage really Um, of ancestral lineage issue Mm, where, where unbeknownst to you, you are carrying in your subconscious, in your DNA, some of these ancestral lineage blocks. So we, we clear all of it, soul based, subconscious, ancestral lineage. And then typically what happens is we shift from the clearing piece to the guidance and the information. So because I'm open up, opened up as a channel, the client can ask me whatever questions they have, whatever, um, you know, whatever they want to know about moving forward, how to move forward. And so there's a lot of guidance that comes through as well. I love that. And so someone would love to reach out to you for that guidance for that one on one attention. How can they do that? Yeah, just go to my website. It's ericaalora.com. And so I have individual sessions. I have package sessions. If I am um, just not in your budget, if you go to my resources page, I have some very trusted, wonderful healers that I also work with who are at a different price point, who may be a better match for you, who do beautiful work. So I also promote others. I also have a membership community. So if you aren't really interested in one-on-one, but you like that group healing energy, I have a membership community where we do weekly healing work for everyone. We do live full moon clearings. I put out information about astrology and things that are coming through for me that I share with everyone. So that's another option as well. Love it. I love that. It's so exciting. It's so, it's, it's uh, lovely to meet more people doing this work. And it's, it's really our passion here at Hearts Unleashed to continue to share people doing this work with, with people all over the world so that we can continue one to find each other. I think that's a big part of Hearts Unleashed. I know it is for, we have a membership community, we, you know, and the team, the, that geographically we're in search of each other. 
and we usually find each other virtually, digitally, you know, energetically, but so many of us are not tapped in as fully as we can be to then be led. Like, I love what you said, distinguishing like impulse versus intuition, like that intuition is going to, why don't you, oh, you know, why don't you give so-and-so a call or head this direction or, you know, you'd love to do this today. And so listening and entertaining those nudges and urges as opposed to the mind is so loud that we shut most of that down. And so we don't find as many synchronistic situations as, as, as we could. And so I just so appreciate you bringing some more light into our day, into our, into our sphere and um, more energetic healing, especially. Thank you. Thank you so much, Abigail. It's such such a pleasure to have this conversation and to have the opportunity to do a little healing for everyone. So thank you so much. Yes. Last question for you. What does it look like for Erica's heart to be unleashed? Oh my gosh. Well, I feel like I'm moving to the next level of that now because I'm thinking about starting my own product line of natural body care, tapping into my background um, in aesthetics and skincare and um, aromatherapy. So I think it's really just moving forward and also acting on my inner promptings and being willing to expand and go into some uncharted territory for the fun of it and for the creativity. Um, I feel like our business is a reflection of our journey. And so as our journey is changing, our business changes. And that's what's natural and normal. And so I'm amping up for my next shift and my next change. And that's definitely going to be reflected in my business. I could not agree more. (laughs) So thank you for that. Thank you deeply for that. And hearts, thank you so much for listening in. I hope this provided you exactly what you needed today. I hope this is encouraging and activating and nourishing. Nourishing came through a lot today. Um, I didn't explicitly say that, but a lot of what you said felt very nourishing. So thank you hearts for being here. Thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. We love you. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, visit us at heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.